Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. You're listening to Theater and College Hoops. I'm Subi alongside me, Taylor Dammel, and The Shark. We're brought to you by the Barnburner Podcast Network. Go subscribe on whichever device it is that you use. Your College Hooper of the Week, it's a relatively contemporary, familiar face. Dylan Painter, former Villanova and Delaware Hen. Why am I bringing up Dylan Painter? Well, he was born in 1998 in Hershey, Pennsylvania. You know who else was born in 1998? Hershey, Pennsylvania. Goal scorer, American hero, Christian Pulisic. That's right. Absolutely nothing to do with college basketball. Dylan Painter, not the most terribly interesting college basketball player ever, but there is some alignment there between him and uh, and Christian Pulisic. A hell of a, a hell of a hospital right there, producing Painter and Pulisic, two-piece. Uh, we're brought to you by Royal Digital Marketing, a.k.a. RDM. RDM specializes in website development and digital marketing for small businesses and startups. So if you need a website, contact them at Colin at RoyalDigital.co. That's C-O-L-I-N at RoyalDigital.co. Check out the website at theaterandcollegehoops.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at Subi232 to find out where the feet is and make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Namel and the shark at the underscore shark underscore BB. Let's open the curtains. Gentlemen, welcome back. I'm still, I'm still sweating like a hog. My hands are shaking after that one nil finish. The United States moving on to the round of 16 to face the Dutch. I'm sure we're going to get inundated, inundated with the Austin Powers, uh, freaky deaky Dutch memes, and the you know, there's two things I hate in this world intolerance and those and the Dutch, right? We're, we're going to get those memes for uh, up until Saturday, but let me go to Taylor. First and foremost, we were discussing this a little bit pre-show. How are you feeling during that game? I'm glad we're through. It's nice to talk about football entering our show instead of football. Well, it is, I think just, especially because we haven't gotten to talk about it in eight years, you know, I mean, and we certainly, or I should say, we haven't gotten to talk about it in any positive manner in eight years. Uh, it's nice to move on uh, to the round of 16. Uh, anytime you can represent your country, that's great. 
Um, and also, if I may just elaborate, and I apologize uh, for missing last week's episode as well, because once you throw into the world, once you throw the World Cup where the USA actually uh, is undefeated, right, into what is probably the maybe the best sports week of the whole year. Feast week, Thanksgiving, you got an absurd amount of college basketball, everything. You add World Cup games on the top of that, and it just really makes for a wonderful time of year. So um, that's kind of when what I'm most happy about is not only have we moved on, but the games, as many people complain about the World Cup being in this time of year, boy, there's something going on, a, a major sporting event going on at essentially every hour of the day. So that's that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it, it's been a whirlwind. Shark, I know you and I were in constant communication during that game. Love the World Cup. You know, I've always been a World Cup man. I, I run my little auction pool. I splurged on the U.S. this year. I got to have that little extra rooting interest, and they delivered for me getting beyond the first uh, the group stage here. Great matchup with the Dutch, too. I've been diving into the film uh, of, of soccer as much as you may be shocked to hear that, but I'm getting into it. They did everything they possibly could to blow that game at the end. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, would have liked a little bit more of a closing mentality, but survive in advance, even in the World Cup stage. That's a huge victory. I'm happy to see them move on. Um, yeah, who knows how good they really are? I would have liked, apparently, Wales is terrible. So uh, that would have been nice to win that one, and not put yourself in this position. But hey, the, the game against England was great to be able to get a draw there, not a tie, a draw. Um, if you like soccer, you know, you know, I just said that correctly, but we're well, if you're, yeah. hey, if, if you're going to lean into the soccer terminology, then you can't recoil at me when I said the commanders and somehow again, we've pivoted to the commanders in football, but you can't be mad at me when I said the commanders had great kits on this past Sunday, the uh, all blacks. No, just don't bring it into American sports, you know, keep it, keep it in its own little bucket of soccer. Let's enjoy it once every four years. Let's not enjoy it beyond that. Um, and Right now, we're within that four-year realm. I got to say, and sorry, we're, we're going to go football here for a second, too. Left Hand Up is the fucking best song in the country. That's I mean, the second I, time you said that. I know. It's just, it is. It's worth I get, repeating. I, I, it is. I'm saying it. it's it's the. I'm saying it again because I, full disclosure, didn't exactly think that it would still be that relevant first week of December, but that's where we're headed. And I'm excited for the shark. I know he doesn't take compliments at all, but I, I this is this is back to back episodes that I've tried to compliment the, the shark. And, you know, I'm just saying that, like, I'm I, I enjoy it. All right. I in my life, I've been accused of often bringing the conversation to topics that I want to discuss forcefully. So we could be talking about the weather and I will bring up the commanders. I have not done it in the past two weeks. You know, this was a New Year's resolution of mine. You guys are the ones bringing up the commanders. You were the ones putting your left hand up. I am just letting it come natural to me. Uh, granted, I love it. I love the fact that we're discussing them. They've won six of seven. They're on fire. Um, we're about to go into the Meadowlands and rip fat Brian Dable's fat heart out. Um, Taylor's showing me a picture of me celebrating over the weekend when I put my left hand up. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I mean, that's what I do on weekends at this point is – Sundays, the left hand goes up, and it's not stopping. Yeah, you also saw PK Subban, and we're highlighted in his uh, yeah. in his uh, Instagram story. Isn't That's that true. right? True. I'm not a hockey guy. I ended up going to that Bruins game. I get a double double header at the Garden on the Friday after Thanksgiving. That's a gauntlet, by the way, going to the Bruins and the Celtics in one day. 
Uh, sure enough, where I'm sitting, there weren't. I mean, they're just normal seats. And PK Subban's right in front of me. And next thing you know, I end up on the guy's Instagram story. Picture yeah. you like, I picture you like Tom Hanks in Terminal, just sitting in the garden for an entire day. I like the subtle flex that is, ah, I had to go to the Bruins and Celtics game on Friday. Uh, I love it. Fair. I love it. I love it. No, I love it. Hey, 2 and 0. Hey, Shark, before we move on to college basketball, you're very good at this. So you have this thing called CBB Film Room where you equate or make a parallel between a college basketball team and a movie. Can you equate it now? We're at the round of 16, Sweet 16, the United States soccer team to a college basketball team that you've seen recently. I'm putting you on the spot here. I'm curious. You certainly are putting me on the spot. And it's especially on the spot because I've been really going into the the lab on another one that I want to do for White Lotus because I, I got to give White Lotus a team that's my favorite show on TV right now. Cannot get enough of that television show, and I got to so give good. it a college basketball team. But if you're giving me the U.S., um, who knows what they're going to accomplish? I mean, they, they've given themselves an opportunity. They're a huge program. They're a huge name, but they've never really done much in the tournament. Um, gosh. I guess Tennessee is probably Tennessee. No, I was going to say it's Tennessee. It literally is Tennessee basketball. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. I like that. All right, let's dive in now to some college hoops talk. You, all three of us, were discussing this. We're trying to do a better job of fragmenting or segmenting all of our pivots and and going into the different portions of the show. And what we always like to do is give them a title. So we have different segments like you're old as fuck. We have hugs. We have uh, something new for you coming up later today. That's kind of like hugs. You'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We have the return actually today of uh, Please Sir, I Want Some More, where the Shark and Taylor will give you some bets. But what we're trying to do is get a segment name for this initial part where we essentially recap uh, what happened over the past week or what we're looking forward to, the real meat and potatoes of the show. Uh Taylor, kind enough to jump in and say, hey, why don't we just call it uh, the first, the, what was it, the first stanza? The first play? Oh, first act. First, act. first, first act. act. It's theater the in first, college hoops. What is this, poems in college hoops? We're not doing first stanza? Get out of here. Well, I got literature coming up, but that's a good recommendation. I went Polly Walnuts, uh, Sopranos, what do you hear, what do you say? Shark, we tried to to lean on on our godfather, really, the, the barn chief, Strantz still waiting to hear back from him. But if you're listening to this, we'll tweet it out. Let us know any thoughts. But go ahead. Opening credits. Opening credits. That's fine. I mean, I I like what we're doing here, but we may need to rely on the theater goers and some others as well. But let's dive in now to the actual content and the the champions, the champions of Feast Week. Hug for Arizona, Tennessee, Yukon, and Purdue. Arizona goes to Maui and wins. Tennessee picks themselves off the deck in Atlantis. UConn and Purdue both win in Portland. Taylor, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Another thing that we mentioned, this might be a New Year's resolution for us, not to harp on Arizona, not to harp on Tennessee. But I want you to go through each of those champs and tell me what really stood out to you and what impressed you the most about those four teams. Uh, I'd say the most impressive team was either uh, Purdue or UConn to me. I obviously, as you just alluded to, I kind of had higher expectations of Arizona than be, maybe what nationally people had thought. So like, it's not, I don't think it, it, of it as very surprising that they won the, um, 
Maui Invitational that had a very good field. It didn't have a phenomenal field, I guess, you know, like Tennessee beat Kansas, right. And beat the shit out of them too. So like a, a very good win. Uh, the Maui Invitational had a lot of really solid teams, uh, Arkansas, number nine, you know, all that. Arizona was, was far and away, looked far and away the best team at the Maui Invitational. I think why they moved up so much was that was how they played, not who they beat. Uh, Tennessee, uh, very impressive in the way that they beat Kansas. I really don't know what, how they lost to Colorado. I don't, that having watched them play in that tournament, I have no idea. Didn't watch the Colorado game, so I have no idea. Total misnomer at this point. Um, UConn is one, though, that I really didn't expect to be as good as they are uh, or were. Uh, If you can keep track of which PK tournament all these guys were in, because now there's fucking two of them um, and a women's tournament all happening. Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. Um, And one of them gets to play in the Moda Center where the where the blazers play the other have to play in this 90 year old arena across the street which i think is funny um yeah i think uh purdue though overall the fact that they smoked pretty much every team they played or controlled every team they played i mean zach Eady, we know this i mean we know this right but it's really still absurd to watch him play basketball the way that he can dominate a game just given his size it's obviously not something that Pretty much anybody else in the country uh, can even compete against. And, um, of course, the one year I don't pick Purdue to win the Big Ten uh, is the year that they look to be really, really good. But, uh, yeah, I'd I'd say of those two, I think I'd say Tennessee had the best individual win. Uh, UConn and Purdue were the most impressive, just given what I had previously thought about them. And then the team that impressed me both, or, you know, that I think is the best of those is Arizona. I'm obviously biased, but I think the way that they played the improvements that we've seen from Kirk Creesa, who used to just be kind of like a, a spark plug type of guy is now, I mean, he's a legitimate, he's running the show. He's a legitimate floor leader. Um, Courtney Ramey. We finally got to see him, which I think was a big deal too. big grad transfer there. Uh, I like Courtney Ramey in his role uh, to the side of Kirk Creesa. Uh, ben Matherin was a better player than Courtney Ramey was, but Ben Matherin was not another ball handling kind of point guard, combo guard. He was more of a scorer. Courtney Ramey, he's 23. You know, he can do, if Kerr wants to play the two, Ramey can play the one, vice versa. He's just kind of a calming force out there, can shoot the ball. So I think he's going to be an, a bigger impact than what I thought he was going to be for Arizona. Uh, so I say, yeah, I mean, uh, Tennessee, I want to hear Sharks thoughts on Tennessee. Cause that is his squad. I know we're not supposed to harp on this, but I mean, they, they looked phenomenal against Kansas. Yeah. I, I mean, this is kind of just what I've come to expect with Tennessee. I, I, I would expect them to beat Kansas. They, it was way too close against USC in the game before that. And they beat Butler before it that, but they still haven't really looked particularly great. So you referenced the Colorado game. That's what you get with Tennessee. Every once in a while, they're going to have absolute duds that make them look horrendous. Last year, they had that in a game against, uh, um, who was it? It was a horrible game that everyone watched. And it was over the Christmas break. It's not coming to me, but nobody was scoring. I think it was UVA. Um, but, you know, just awful games where people realize that their their flaws are really exposed on a high level, which is scoring. And they did this. They won the um, – Atlantis tournament by without Josiah Jordan James as well. Josiah Jordan James played against Colorado and they lost and he didn't play in, in the in the tournament that they just won. So it's not one of these things that 
I'm never really going to overreact to them. They're most likely going to be a seed anywhere from a two to a five seed. And it's all going to come down to whether or not they put it together when the crunch time moments happen again. The team I was most impressed with was Purdue. Um, I did not expect them to look as good as they do. The fact that they had Edie, you know, I always just saw him as a stiff, but he's not. And you surround him with four guys that can really shoot the ball. Lawyer, uh, Foster Lawyer's brother there. The other I don't dude. think it is, by the way. No, it is. Sure that... it is. It is. It's it is Fletcher. Foster Lawyer? Yeah. Fletcher. I went to look that up, though. Yeah, Fletcher. They're both from Michigan. Yeah, they, no, it says no, that in there. It says I, it's they're not, if they're not brothers and you got two weird first names with an F in the same that. last name. Yeah, yeah. Right. Go ahead. Shocked. Proceed. Um, I didn't do the research on that. Maybe I'm wrong. No, the he's other fun to too. watch, though. He's yeah. fun to watch. Well, the other kid, too, Braden Smith, the other guy. I mean, like they just they are a team that will be a pest to play. Whether or not they can get someone to create their own shot will be the story for them. They had that last year with Jaden Ivey. I don't know if they'll have it in terms of guard play this year. Uh, but Purdue was very impressive, beating Duke and Gonzaga, pounding both of them, actually, which to me are much more impressive wins than the final team that we want to talk about here, UConn. I, look, they won. They won the tournament. They played the teams that they played. I mean, they beat, they beat, what, Alabama, Iowa State, and Oregon. So we're talking about kind of mid-level teams in each of the Power Five conferences right there. Let, let's not get the panties in a bunch at this point about them. I know I know, they're pro- they may go on a run. I think they play um, – who do they have coming up this weekend? They, they have another – they have a very good chance. I, I think they don't have – they play at Florida, and then I don't think they have a ranked game until they play uh, Creighton going at the beginning of the new year. So they may very well be in the top 10 for a long period of time. Uh, and I'm not discrediting them for beating the teams that they were scheduled to play against, but you know, these aren't cream of the crop teams in each conference. Alabama looks good, but Quinterly's coming off the ACL. So it's unfair to judge them at this point, but Hey, play the schedule. Yeah. I've, I, all four teams look very solid, very impressive. Let me start with UConn and what I'm actually going to do, what I'm going to do my best here is to try and equate each one of these teams to uh, their performances, I should say, to a movie, okay? It's almost like what you do, Shark, but just the the weekend performance. I'll start with UConn, and I'll say Fifty Shades of Grey. Utter dominance. That's what it was. They didn't play the highest level of competition, the names that you had mentioned, but they beat the hell out of them. And go ahead, Shark. Oh, just, I mean, to – you horny or something over there? You you could pick really any other movie about dominance right there, and you you went you went just sexual. Wait. <laughs> just wait, just okay. wait. This is a very this is a very sex positive podcast. I want people to understand that. All right. So dominance. I don't think UConn has beaten a team by single digits. It's all been double digits their entire season. Uh, so again, Donovan Klingon and Stenogo so well balanced. I do think they are the the best front court that we saw in feast week was Tabellus and Balo, and we'll get to them, but Donovan Klingon, Adama Sonogo, they were terrific. And Andre Jackson, that guy is a disruptor. He will do all the dirty work for you. He's, he was a menace defensively. I love what Andre Jackson brings to the table. A bit shocked. And I think me and Taylor have to take the blame for this because we took Villanova, which by the way, I want to see them at full strength. They obviously don't look great, but both Taylor and I took Villanova to win the Big East, uh, and I think a lot of people took Creighton. UConn sitting right there, and they could easily win this conference. Uh, it's got to be a difficult matchup against Creighton. The Big East grind is is a real thing, but kind of funny how UConn didn't even come up in discussion, I don't think, amongst the three of us. So UConn, Fifty Shades of Grey. Purdue, 
I'm going to look at horrible bosses. And they're kind of like Jason Bateman's character in that he is doing so well, showing all of the criteria for a promotion. Okay. Consistent waiting for that big moment to happen, but it never really comes. I'm a little scared still. Taylor, you had said that the one year that you didn't pick them, that Purdue was awesome. Well, they were awesome last year. They've been awesome pretty consistently. Matt Painter is a terrific coach. He's, he should be mentioned as one of the best coaches in America. I can't go crazy over them here in November because I don't know if they're going to get that promotion to the Final Four right in March, but Purdue is showing everything. Uh, and like you had mentioned, Shark, Gonzaga, Duke, two top 10 teams handling them. Very impressive. Uh, we will go to Tennessee. Literature. Little Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and you alluded to it. Lost to Colorado, went to overtime against USC, bounced back and destroyed Kansas. I thought that was really impressive from, from Rick Barnes's crew. No JJJ. Uh, there was a, a slight little murmur about, oh, well, is Rick Barnes losing the team? Is he calling out his guys at Kai Ziegler? That was probably from people further away from the program. Uh, they dominated. They had a very impressive uh, battle for Atlantis. And I think what I was most impressed with was picking themselves up off the deck after that embarrassing loss to Colorado, eking it out against USC, and then having to turn around and play a very good Kansas team who was dominating. Arizona, I'm going to go with Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman. Okay, The offense is like watching a beautiful love story, but the ball is not married to one person. It gets moved around like someone who shares Julia Roberts' profession. Very sex positive here on this podcast. Please remember. Uh, Yeah, so these guys are Pretty Woman. Umar Balo's progression has been insane. The past couple of years, what he's been able to accomplish under Tommy Lloyd coming from Gonzaga over to Arizona has been terrific. He was the Maui player of the tournament. He was the Pac-12 player of the week. Azulis Tabellas, we're getting consistency from him in big time spots against an SDSU, against a Creighton. So I was impressed with him. Kerr's maturity. We talked about that. I th- I still think he gets a little too jacked up for big games and that might take him out, but it doesn't take him out for the entire game. He loses about five minutes because he's got the adrenaline pumping. I will say Pella Larson was not good. If that team wants to make a run to the final four, Pella Larson needs to be far better. So those were some of my thoughts on uh, those feast week champions there. I mean, that's, you put some effort into that. I'm impressed with your uh, movie abilities here. You got to come up with a name for this. Speaking of naming segments, like you got to, you got to come up with a name for this. I, I got a hashtag. You could have easily just sent some of those out and included it under the hashtag for that CBB film room right there. And you can do that right away. Um, I thought they were pretty good. I'm not going to really push back on anything that you have to talk about your team, Arizona. Um, the, I was impressed by their response to San Diego state when they came storming in the, back in that second half. And you guys kind of put them in the back pocket right away. Your team still, I I've always loved Ramey. Um, you're going to need someone to create that own shot at some point. You're going to need the Ben Matherin um, because when you're high flying and you're playing well, you, you look great. Pelly Larson, you bring him up. I hate, I can't stand that guy. Soft as a noodle. You know, just, you can tell he, you can tell he just shrivels really in any big moment, but if it's not a big moment, he's going to look great because he has all the intangibles of someone that you would want to play the role that he plays for your team. Um, yeah. But, but uh, the game against Creighton was super fun to watch. I think that was, that was great back and forth. Creighton is good. Creighton's tough. They're, they're going to get Texas, I think, on Thursday night this week, so that'll be a thrill for all of us to be able to watch that. Playing a tough schedule. Give uh, give McDermott credit for, for scheduling all that. But even outside of that, I mean, you guys, you played Cincinnati close. 
Cincinnati sucks. I mean, that's a terrible basketball team. You didn't watch the game. They right, It wasn't fair. that close. <laughs> okay, I appreciate it. You let up 90 points to Cincinnati. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Cincinnati yeah, I, scored 50 points against Northern Kentucky. I get Northern Kentucky's a good team, but that's too many points. No, that's that's definitely fair. I'm glad you brought up Creighton, Texas. That's the uh, Christian Bishop revenge game. Taylor, you and I were talking a little bit about this. We dive further into Maui, Arkansas. Creighton didn't necessarily move you. Arkansas does, though, right? I mean, I like Arkansas. I've always liked Arkansas, uh, at least uh, here in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't say that Creighton didn't move me, though. I mean, I thought I was very impressed with Creighton. Um, Cockbrenner, I think he was. No, no, I like I like Creighton. I said Creighton did move me. I was talking yeah, to Taylor. He's talking about me. No, so you didn't watch the game. You're not listening. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But you, you, he was saying I wouldn't say Creighton didn't necessarily move me. That implies someone said that Creighton didn't move me. No, no, no. This was a conversation that Taylor and I had one on one, where yeah. I had misinterpreted <laughs> what he said about his thoughts on Creighton. This is good radio. This has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Um, and, and maybe, and maybe they move, they, they move me more now than they did previous to the term. I mean, they look good. You know, I think someone said that Kalkbrenner had was sick or something during that game. Of course that always comes out after you give up 30 and 16 to the other big man that you're supposed to be guarding. Yeah. Like sure. He was really sick that game, uh, uh, subsequently afterwards, but no, I mean, they're very good. Um, Arkansas plays at a great spot pace generally they have they're uber talented it's just a team that i think um not that they were unimpressive right but it it just might take them a little more time than i would have previously anticipated them to kind of bring it all together but that's what happens when you have a lot of moving parts uh and some new freshmen coming in there um yeah i mean i think uh i was it's funny going off what shark said there i was kind of impressed with cincinnati and then unimpressed with cincinnati in about a 24-hour period you know um but I think part of that in these tournaments, though, too, is anytime you lose your first game in one of these tournaments, I don't know how internally your team feels about that. You know, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a factor or not. I don't know if you guys think that's a factor or not. But I, I would imagine I just remember some of the years that Arizona has lost their first game of these tournaments, albeit there haven't been many of those, but where the team just obviously the rest of the weekend didn't play as well. Um, not saying that Cincinnati's going to be a really good team by any means. Um, but I, there's probably a little bit of a factor to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't feel any differently necessarily about Arkansas in terms of what their ceiling is. Right. I mean, I'm, I, I think maybe I feel better about Creighton than I did previously, but I think Arkansas is going to need more time than I would have anticipated to kind of put it all together. What do you think Arkansas ceiling is? Elite eight. <laughs> Ceiling? Yeah. I, I think, think it's they, a national title. Yeah, I think they can win it all. I I am Yeah, I mean I I I yeah. I think you yeah, uh, I think floor is like sweet sixteen. Yeah, okay. They were elite sure. eight last Fine. year. Yeah, and right. then they No, I'm saying I still think they're really good. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying well, it's just, ceiling ceiling. I Ricky Council, that guy from Wichita State. I mean, he's he's a stud. I don't know how they they pull this off, but he gets every big bucket for him. Brazil's been great stretch for kind of, and they haven't really Nick Smith, I think played last night, but outside of that, he's getting infused into it. I, I saw earlier today, Devo Davis is stepping away from the team for 
personal reasons. So no need to speculate on that, but they're so deep and they have so many different players that they can just plug into that system. And it's what year four now for Musselman three. I, I think this is the, I tweeted out my final four a couple of weeks ago, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee, Baylor, and that baby's looking good right there. I got laughed at by one guy by Tennessee, but I think, I think they're, I don't think I don't think Arkansas is necessarily better than like an Arizona or a Tennessee though. So that's why I would say that maybe they don't have quite the ceiling as those two teams. But yeah, I guess ceiling versus expectation is a different thing as well. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, look, Arkansas, and you mentioned Nick Smith. I'm glad that he's back. And I'm pro Arkansas. Let me just put it that. And I've always been pro Arkansas, so it's not like I'm trying to take away. From no, them. I know. I, I I just think that I mean, first of all, they're the most electric team. They have so many top ten dunks already. Trayvon Brazil. He's been incredible. They those guys live above the rim. Okay. Let's move on now to Big Ten ACC Challenge. Let's look ahead here for the week. Sadly, get your cups out. Pour a little bit out. The Big Ten ACC Challenge is done after this season. It's going to be the ACC SEC Challenge or SEC ACC Challenge, whatever. It's too many C's. Too many C's. We got maybe we got to figure out what to call that. But Big Ten ACC Challenge, no more. So thoroughly enjoy this one, folks because you're not getting it again. Shark, I'm going to hand it off to you. What are some of the matchups that you're very much looking forward to? Well, one of them is tonight, actually. Actually, no, it's, it's showing up in my um, – pardon me on that one. Actually, one of them is tonight. It's the one that I tweeted out where I, I, had, I had the pick that I wanted to get out there. It's Michigan UVA. I love Michigan getting three and a half against them at home, but I don't want to go necessarily into picks. Already sent that tweet out, so that exists on the internet – but yeah, I mean, ACC Big Ten Challenge, that's kind of, to me, a lot of people talk to the the uh, Thanksgiving tournaments as being the, the signifier of college basketball beginning. ACC Big Ten Challenge is the one for me. It's after all the holidays, you're home, you're falling back into your routine. you got ga- good games from Monday to Friday on of the week. Uh, you Teams have kind of developed an identity you can know whether they're going to be good you know the way they play so you got a little bit of a a file on them at this point and this tournament always does deliver it goes all the way back i think they started this thing in 99 acc won the first 10 right they went 10 and 0 in the first 10 years and you could probably figure out that sentence but in the last three years the big 10s won so it's kind of fair acc won the first two games of the tournament this year virginia tech beat minnesota Pitt pounded Northwestern, but there's tons of great games. We're going to discuss a few of them most likely in the pick segment, at least I will, but it's really difficult to find one that is going to be a sure thing blowout other than maybe like Georgia tech and Iowa, just because Iowa can score a lot and Georgia tech cannot, but um, you know, Oh, and Florida state and Purdue as well. I mean, that, that'll be a massacre. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to say that, uh, that Purdue Florida state one looks pretty good. Just, yeah, maybe going forward could make some money on that one. Um, You know, I didn't think the Big Ten, I think we talked about this in a preview episode. I didn't think the Big Ten was going to be all that great this year. They're nasty. Yeah, clearly that was wrong. I also picked UNC to be good, and they fucked us up. But this is the week where that sort of stuff can change quickly, right? Totally, totally, yeah. You're Um, you're not playing in a conference room on some island somewhere with six people watching it. You're playing in gyms of – you know, actual colleges. Right. I think the one, I think that is the game that I'm most looking forward to is that Indiana, uh, North Carolina game, two teams that there's kind of a, a good amount of unknown about how good they're really going to be this year. Uh, North Carolina, obviously number one team, in the country uh, fell 17 spots all the way down to 18, which is the largest um, 
or the largest fall any number one team has ever taken in a single week, right? I believe that was uh, tweeted out earlier this week. Um, and Indiana, I said pre- preseason that I didn't think they were necessarily all that good because I didn't pick them to win the conference. Uh, not that, you know, I think my Iowa pick looks a little better than it did maybe three weeks ago. Um, I think Chris Murray is showing that he can be that that guy. But um, I think Indiana, this is a good good uh, good game for both of those teams um, to find really, really where they're at. You know, um, Indiana still has a game against Arizona later this year uh, as well. Um, so that'll be another prove it game for them. But uh, I think this game for for North Carolina, if they win, they can really say, OK, hey, we're, we're we are going to, you know, be as good as we thought or have the ability to be as good as we thought we were this year. If they lose this game, though, that means that they've lost every game against any competition and essentially three games in a row. Right. So, um, so that'll be a big problem. I would imagine for North Carolina, if they lose that game, that's why I'm pretty uh, interested in that specifically. It's a a pretty good uh, balance test for both of those teams. Give me a quick bounce pass right here. I just caught the pass. So I'll just go right into it. But your, your comment on Chris Murray, I saw Keegan Murray play against the Celtics uh, on last Friday night. And I understand he's a lottery pick. I understand his numbers may be okay, but that guy is terrible. All right. And I'm going to apply that to his brother right here as well. So I'm not buying into Iowa whatsoever. Um, whatsoever. That guy's off. I, I mean, I watched, I will say that I watched uh, Keegan Murray play last night too. And I kind of thought the same thing where I was like, oh, oh this is not good. But it's not college basketball. It's the NBA. It's a different game. It's so true. I mean, it's very true. Know, it's irrelevant. They're, they're playing well. I agree. I was looking well. Uh, but I just had to get that one out there. And another quick one I had to get out there. Remember my comment about North Carolina. Great expectations. Pitt. All right, yeah. a little more literature for you right there. Soup, take it. Well, I was just going to say, Keegan Murray, I th- this is another thing about why people making predictions and jumping head over heels when it's not even the first game of the season are stupid. Keegan Murray was given the rookie of the year in after summer league, was he not? And now it's Bancaro and Ben Matherin. Uh, so just always pump the brakes, people. I'm also looking forward to Carolina and Indiana battle of the big men. Have we not mentioned TJD versus Armando Baycott? That's going to be great theater. Uh, I do think Indiana is going to come out on top because I have them winning the Big Ten. I think they're a strong, strong team. They're one of the few teams, in my opinion, that have taken care of business for the most part uh, against inferior opponents this season. So I like Indiana there. Virginia, Michigan, that's going to be fun. I just don't know if Michigan can – I mean, Virginia has an offense now. They're not not your – what like three years removed from college titch boys all right they can score the basketball they can still defend michigan i don't know if they're if they can defend that well i like virginia in that spot but that's going to be a great matchup uh ohio state duke let's not forget about them all right ohio state duke duke coming off of a relatively bad tournament in portland roach no uh is hurt we'll see what what's happening there and then uh, Sensabaugh for Ohio State. Many saying this guy's an NBA prospect. Uh, it's not Gerald Sensabaugh, who I believe played in, in Bryce. the NFL. Yeah, Bryce. Bryce, Bryce yeah. don't call me Gerald Sensabaugh. That's right. Uh, uh, well, as you said that, I don't, you may not see. I just started doing a little bit of a gritty over here on, on in my parlor just because that that's the game that I'm thrilled for. I'm going to bring it up during police. Or can we have some more? Last year, I loved Ohio State. I love these guys even more this year. I, I love the team that they have. They return enough experience and the infusion of the transfers that they have. And since Ohio State is a team to start buying right now. 
I'm happy Justice Suing is back healthy and playing. This guy was was on Cal, I think, during during the Trump administration. It's been insane how long he's been around college basketball. So yeah, Ohio State, they're they're looking pretty solid. Crack the top twenty five, and then also don't sleep on Wake versus Wisconsin. I like that matchup. It's not going to move the needle, but for sickos like us, this is going to tell us something in the future. Uh, Wake Forest, they should have made the tournament last year, but they choked against BC. Essentially, if they beat the, if they beat your BC team, uh, which then led you to write a blog about how BC has turned the corner with Earl Whoa. Grant, and now I've got to hear about how Earl Grant sucks. Uh, did take care of Rhode Island, though. Hug for you. Oh, what if they beat Nebraska during the challenge right here? You never know. You get a little momentum at this point. BC did technically beat your boys, the Wyoming Cowboys. They're they're stacking some decent wins together here, so it's not completely over for them just yet. But yeah, I mean, I I wrote that blog. I stand by that blog. I'm I'm an emotional man. Sometimes my opinions change. You don't um, you don't stand by that blog. I yeah, wait. Any text to prove that? I it was didn't. just fine. No, I didn't, and now I do. Okay, I see. That's good, actually. What am I? What am I running for office here? You're gonna call me out on flip flops and all that? I can change my pin whenever I want. Can we That's go back fair. to the I'm just saying. Of- yeah. Well, no. Hang on. Let me let me finish yeah, up with yeah, Wake yeah. Wisconsin. Okay, because yeah, I yeah. like that matchup there. Two teams that I think are in the same boat. Two teams that aren't necessarily locks for the tournament. Both this game is going to help with their resume. Um, obviously, the Big Ten very good. So Wisconsin's going to need a nice out of conference win, and I think Wake Forest can be in that upper echelon of the ACC. So very much looking forward to Wake, Wisconsin. Go ahead with uh, Bryce, don't call me Gerald. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the other Sensabaugh that you referenced other than those two? I referenced Gerald Sensabaugh. Okay, because there is a Cody Sensabaugh that also played in the NFL as well. Cody, so. I think, is is related to Gerald, right? <laughs> I, I mean, there can't be that many Sensabaugh's out there playing football in the world, right? Wait, okay, hang on. First of all, have we there there very well could be a relationship between Bryce, Cody, and Gerald. I'll explore. Right? Don't worry. Yeah, I need you to explore it. that. I also need you to triple check. Yeah, exactly. His cousin. Gerald is Cody's and Cody are cousins. I understand that, but I, I knew yeah, they were like, family members, but I, what about Bryce? I can only look I can only look up so much at once. I'll get move it, move on and I'll 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 do some behind the scenes here for you. Uh, Fletcher and Foster Coffee Bagel as well, if you don't mind. But they are; those uh, are yes, they're <laughs> brothers. They're brothers. Can I see? Can I see your work? Because I, I swear I looked. What do you want? Just search their brothers, and you'll Just find ping it. Like, ping what? it to me. All right, maybe I'll do it after <laughs> after this after this. But yeah, Big Ten ACC Challenge gonna be a lot of fun. Um, how about this beef in upstate New York, Syracuse, Bryant. Our boy, Jared Grasso, who I'm in his corner. I don't know about you two, but he came on the pod, so that means I'm in his corner. But Judah Mintz for Syracuse after a play kind of lightly slaps Doug Eater. He definitely – it was definitely a slap where he was so angry that he went like 99% of the way. And then when he was a percentage point away from doing it, he was like, I probably shouldn't do this. So he just gave you a quick little love tap. Like he was already committed is what I'm saying. He thought better of it, but it was way too late. And the damage was done. Then Doug Eater comes, slaps him. Doug kind of runs away when a bigger man comes uh, from Syracuse. And then after the game, we got Grasso and Bayheim handshaking, not thrilled. Taylor, 
were you able to see this this whole fiasco in Sarah Bryant won, by the way. Everyone pissing and moaning about Bryant's scheduling. How's the, how's it winning the carrier dome for you? All right. I'm carrying Grosso's water right now, but talk about uh some of those some of those uh items that happened in that game. I mean, the video of it is fucking hilarious. I mean Eater especially, like just running back under the rim is really quite funny if I remember uh correctly. But anyway, um I'm not pro Syracuse at all, and I'm not pro Jim Beheim. And I didn't think Beheim. I thought Beheim's such a douche. I mean, what? Like, why isn't he retired yet? He don't. Why is he dealing with this at at this point? Like, nobody does. Anybody like Jim Beheim? Does anybody he's related to like Jim Beheim? Yeah, it's like this guy is the grumpiest old motherfucker around at this point, and he's always just always little, you know, quips here and there. He said that he was pissed because Grasso gave him a. sarcastic apology or something like that. It's like, shut the fuck up. dude. Yeah. I mean, you don't look good. There's nothing good that can come from if you're a program like Syracuse and you lose to Bryant at home and you're the one that ends up bitching about everything at the end. It's just not, it's, it's not a good look for Syracuse basketball. I I think, I mean, if, if I guess winning cures all right, if you would have beaten Bryant by like 30, you could have been like, yeah, you know, whatever, fuck them. But you can't, if you're like, well, the other coach was sarcastic to me after the game. That doesn't hold a lot of water if you're Jim Beheim, who's supposed to be one of the college basketball legends. That's kind well, of my thought. Judah Mintz also started this. Shark, did you did you have any issue with either side? Well, you mentioned earlier that you're over there carrying Coach Grasso's water. Well, you know, move move to the side of the pail. Let me grab a hand as well, and let me help you carry that water because I'm carrying it with you. I, I, what else can he goes up to the carrier dome, like you said, and grabs a win? I mean, everyone's grilling him on every single scheduling thing that he has. He's willing to play anyone, and he had happened to have this opportunity, won up there and won the game. I totally agree on Beheim. I mean, get over it. Don't direct your anger towards the opposing coach for something that your own player instigated. Maybe direct some of that anger to Joey Girard, who went out like one for 13 from three. You know, he's supposed to be your leader. He's supposed to hit your big shots. He couldn't hit a shot to save his life. Um, so huge win for Brian. I mean, that is a program shifter right there. That's going to be great on the recruiting trail. It's going to be great in the transfer portal. Good for Coach Grasso. And, I mean, play the schedule. I think what stood out to me the most was it looked like Coach Grasso was just going to – obviously, I don't know what's being said – but he just goes up to him and gives him a handshake. And then I, I, I'm sure Beheim lectured him. And oh, it's very, it's very clear. These old farts just don't like. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, and, and we saw that with coach K lecture. He does the lecture. Like these guys have, have cachet of their own. I would say at this point to the extent of coach K or Jim Beheim, No, but some of these, some of these guys, coaches in the ACC coach Grasso, they, they're not puny little clowns that you can just stomp all over. And to Bayheim's credit, by the way, the two points that you brought up about Joe Girard and also Judah Mintz starting it, he did address that. Bayheim did say, Judah Mintz, you can't do that. Joe Girard, you stink right now. We need a lot more from you. But it is just tiresome. That was the biggest thing that I got from this is, is Bayheim's. I'm just so tired of it. And also, shouldn't Syracuse fans be tired of it? I understand that you pretty much have an obligation to love this man and pray at his feet. He's at your altar, but he's gotten you one national title, which is a big deal. And a bunch of final fours. I get that. I know my, my barrier is final fours because winning a title is incredibly difficult. Getting to a final four 
incredibly difficult, but he's been coaching there for damn near half a century. I mean, at one point, and they've, they've stunk. Objectively, they've stunk the past like five, six years. At what point do you just let it go and you say, I'm also tired? And you got to think about the succession plan too. Soup, your boy. I know this is your boy. Coaching Colgate basketball, Matt Langle. Time to, st- time to start getting in line. Maybe that's the next successor over there in Syracuse. That's the same part of the country over there. You got to start thinking about these sort of things. Bayheim's so old, like so old. All these other old coaches are already retired. Coach K, they're gone. Roy Williams, he's gone. I mean, it's Bayheim holding the line for old coaches. And then from there, it's a huge drop off probably to, you know, Coach Barnes at this point. So that is an old coach. I mean, I, it was perfect that it happened on Thanksgiving time, too the old dude lecturing the young guy on how it's everything's supposed to go. I mean, that's classic family Thanksgiving situation there. So oh. I just thought that was perfect. Just perfect there. Taylor, that's brilliant. That, that, sh- that exchange should have been had around the, the dinner table. I like that yeah, a lot. Right. Also the, you, you can't ever complain about going to a final four. That's you, obviously you want to do that, but that last final four that Syracuse like somehow made it into, if he wouldn't have made that, I bet you Bayheim's not even here anymore, but I bet I you, don't know, it, man. Like, I, I don't know. It, Cause that team almost didn't make the tournament, right? Their last final four was the one that they came from the playing game. Correct. Or am I missing one? I mean, it was, it was a miraculous run. Nobody, whatever. Expected yeah. Right. But I'm but just I mean, saying like, it, it, that's been a while now. So I, I, well, I I'm just saying a final with... four buys you a lot of years, especially when you're a guy who's been to several, uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that's the only reason I'm saying that I'm sure it's a factor in some way where, you know, that there's a couple other old Syracuse fans around the Thanksgiving table going, well, yeah, how we can't get a Bayheim. He's a legend. He went to a final four just a few years ago. You know, you know, that conversation is had. That yeah. Right there. I'm just saying, I think in 15 years, so much is going to change. Jim Bayheim is probably still going to be on that sideline. 15 years might be ambitious, but he ain't leaving unless he wants to, but Quite a little dust up there between Bryant and Syracuse. All right, folks, what I want to do, get back to one of the best segments that we have. It's when the Shark and Taylor give out winners. Please, sir, I want some more. Please, sir, I want some more. Please, sir, I want some more. Let's recap last year. I think it is worth Noting, I'm sure we'll get some pushback from the Sharks saying there's some collusion or there were some COVID issues, but the fact remains and in the official record books, Taylor, 57.1% clip, Shark 52.4, Sharks total 22 and 20, Taylor 24 and 18. Shark, do you, do you want to air your grievances? I, I'm pretty sure I won, but. You didn't. I'm pretty sure I did. You did okay. not win. Okay, Grandpa Jim, let's. Let's get you back to the couch here. Uh, just, I mean, just send me, send me your notes, and I'll take a look at that and figure out where where you're off. I, does that count? I can't remember if that counts like the four games that weren't supposed to count because of COVID and delays I, and shit like that. I'm just, I will, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and check his work. It would have been nice to see this beforehand rather than getting blindsided with it right now. But hey, if that's what he's saying, I'll have to once again go back and correct some of the issues that are being advertised out here um don't think that's accurate but hey i alluded to this one early on my very first one is going to be the ohio state duke game the line i got was ohio state getting four and a half i'm jumping on that thing i love ohio state bryce sensibaugh we already talked about him justice suang we already talked about him we didn't talk about my big fella zed key controlling the middle of the paint and then you're bringing in 
two transfers that are playing a lot and Sean McNeil from West Virginia, phenomenal shooter, ice likely from um, Oklahoma state, you know, does everything as a guard, the uh, from Wright state, Tanner Holden, not playing as much, but he's on Ohio state as well. Just a really well-rounded team, a lot of different options to score and has all the roles that you would want. I just don't know what to expect from Duke at this point. Got pounded by Purdue. Philip Bukowski seems to be their main guy right now. The two Derricks, I don't know where they're at, uh, how that's going to roll into it. Sube referenced the injury to Jeremy Roach. I mean, there's all these different things. I'm just going to take the points with Ohio State right now because I like the way Holton has built that team. That's my first pick. You want me to go into the second one here? Because we're we're going blind lines at this point. I, I really am only looking at Wednesday. There's no forecasted lines. So my next picks are going to, one's going to be on Friday night and one's going to be on Saturday. I'll go blind line. Um, Maryland, my gosh, this team looks great. This team looks exceptional. Maryland is rolling. They are returning so many different players that have been been there for a while. Dante Scott, the main one, fifth year, but Julian Reese established. They're playing Illinois on Friday night. I think that's going to be a relatively close line because people really appreciated Illinois going into this year. But Maryland is hot right now, and it's very difficult to play in College Park. I will take Maryland on the blind line. And then my final one, I'm taking Xavier over West Virginia. West Virginia, they – a lot of transfers on this team. One of those transfers being Trey Mitchell, who I can't trust whatsoever. I cannot trust Trey Mitchell. They have Eric Stevens, who's tra- played on four different teams, Wichita State, Washington, South Carolina, now West Virginia. He was on that South Carolina team with Frank Martin last year, and he's a good player, but he's not good enough to be your best player, and he's apparently the best player for West Virginia. Meanwhile, Xavier – you know, they went into this season with a lot of expectations. Dark horse pick for a lot of people. This game's being played in Ohio. The only three losses that Xavier have that has this year is Indiana, Duke, and Gonzaga. That's a good trio to have in your loss column. So I, I think the four and three records should not be used against them at this point. I'm going to roll with Xavier on the blind line with West Virginia. Mahalo. Lovely stuff. Taylor, dive in. Beautiful. Well, one of them we previously alluded to uh, that I like is uh, Purdue uh, by 13 over Florida state. I should, I guess I probably shouldn't be this surprised at how bad Florida state is, but they're bad, bad. What are they one in seven this year? Oh, how kind of you, they do not have a win. Oh no, they do oh, have a win. I'm thinking of Louisville. Yeah. You're right. One. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. They're like shockingly bad. So I'm a little surprised that Purdue who got eight first place votes and moved up to number five in the country. I mean, they're only a 13 point, uh, 13 point win or 13 point uh, uh, favorite. So I'm going to roll with them. As we know, I'm a big Purdue guy. Um, next, what I'm rolling with, uh, this is really more of an indictment again against a team that's horrible. Uh, USC, seven point favorites over Cal. Cal is also winless this year. USC is not that good, or at least not as good as we had originally thought they were going to be. Um, I think people kind of picked them in the top half of the Pac-12. But if you look at their losses, you know, they lost by five to Wisconsin and by seven to Tennessee and beat BYU this last week. Uh, That's not, I'm not saying you're you're certainly not writing home about that, but they certainly didn't lose into any bad teams. Cal is awful, awful, awful. And so we're going to roll with USC by seven. And then third is going to be, um, because we haven't fed these guys really that much material yet this year i'm taking tcu by six and a half over providence um 
TCU just beat Iowa by double digits. I know Shark is not as impressed with Iowa as maybe I am, but it's not like Iowa's a bad basketball team. Um, Mike Miles Jr., obviously great. Uh, but the big key, as Rothstein reminded me today, which let me just add, Rothstein was tweeting about this during the, like, Christian Pulisic had just scored, like, the <laughs> game ended up being the game-winning goal of the World Cup game, and Rothstein's tweeting injury news about TCU, which I love. Uh, <laughs> he, he, let me just say real quick, he's also getting tiresome, okay? We get it, Rothstein. You love <laughs> you love college basketball. He's like, was there a soccer game on today? We get it, dude, and I understand it's your shtick. It, we get it, man. I might have to update our Twitter bio. Go ahead, Taylor. Damian Baugh uh, returns uh, from suspension. Uh, he's an all-conference type of player. Providence has not looked at that good. Uh, this year, so I'm taking TCU. Actually, I mean they're not ranked because they have a bad loss against Northwestern State. I don't think I can't even remember was Mike. I don't even know if Mike Miles was playing for that game. He anyway, wasn't. yeah, Both right. Ex- Miles were up. Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, I'm rolling with TCU. My six and a half. They're better. They're a little better than I anticipated uh, this year. A sneaky one that isn't going to count. I just want to throw out there is just because it's the first game tomorrow. Starts at 2 p.m. local here in Mountain Time. So I'm not going to use it. But uh, Hunter Maldonado does return for Wyoming. Wyoming hasn't looked very good so far this year because Hunter Maldonado has been out for a couple, three, four games now. He returns tomorrow, um, and they're only like two-point favorites or something like that. Um, a team uh, over Santa Clara – or no, they're two-point – excuse me, they're two-point – two-and-a-half-point dogs against Santa Clara. Uh, I think with Hunter Mal- Maldonado coming back, uh, that'll be a big difference. Obviously I'm not, I don't want to include that because it's so early in the day by the time and people end up listening to this podcast, but just like shark tweeted one out tonight, I feel like that's a, a, a sneaky one for tomorrow, but overall it's TCU it's, uh, Purdue and, uh, USC. USC. It's great to be back boys. It's great to have a little competition here. We'll do the full gamut at rundown. Ohio State plus four and a half for the Shark. Maryland and Xavier, blind lines for the Shark. Purdue minus 13 for Taylor. USA, USC minus seven for Taylor. TCU minus six and a half. All right, let's get on out of here with a segment that we have promised at the beginning. Relatively new, but still kind of the same. We're calling it good things. Hmm? All right, good things. After our, uh, well, I don't want to call him our friend because he's in a bit of a pickle. He's in some trouble. But Alec Baldwin in uh, Along Came Polly when he says good things. That'll Char- be spliced. Yeah, spliced. Just call him by his character name. Stan and Durski, Ruben's boss. Yeah, there it is. He's he's in a little bit of trouble is a really good way of putting it as well. <sighs> I probably should have just gone with Stan and Durski. Shark, give us some good things. All right, my good thing. Something I've noticed that's been going on that isn't necessarily the main headlines in college basketball, the St. John's Red Storm. I don't know if you guys are paying attention, and let me pull out my legal pad so I can go off a couple of notes here for you. But St. John's, they're 7-0. They're top 40 in Ken Palm. They are playing well offensively, defensively. They have wins over Syracuse. Maybe that's not that impressive given they lost to uh, Bryant, but they've also beaten Nebraska and Temple. This Mike Anderson's never made the tournament with this team. It was a huge year for him. He was supposed to make it last year. He did not. They brought in some seasoned veterans um, via the transfer portal and David Jones, Joel Soriano, Jones from trans, uh, excuse me, from DePaul. He is their leading scorer this year. Montez Mathis, another guy, six-year senior. He played at Rutgers. Joel Soriano, who is a double-double machine, played at Fordham, another senior. They just have a lot of experience right there. And I didn't even mention their motor. And their engine, 
which is please, please, please use and the I, nickname Red Storm. No, my nickname Condiment Here. Curbello. Oh, all right, Condiment so much sauce. <laughs> God, I was just building up a little bit of momentum right there, too. As I said, momentum, but Curbello, they're you know key free agent, so to speak, to bring in this year. He's playing well, and Posh Alexander. The guy that is their best player from the previous years, arguably, I'll give you champagne here and there, but Posh Alexander barely shoots anymore. He doesn't have to. He's averaging like nine points a game. Normally he's averaging 15, and the Red Storm is off to a great start. They have a huge test coming up this weekend. I believe it's Iowa State that they have, so this should be a, a big test for them, but they should be stacking some wins going into the Big East play, and this may be the year for Mike Anderson. So I've been paying attention. The New York Post, let me tell you this, the New York Post, you ever heard of that publication? They are calling this the most talented St. John's team that Mike Anderson has had. So something for you to think about as you go about your days, but I am paying attention to the Red Storm. That's my good thing. I got to tell you, I was expecting something a little bit more grand I suppose I thought the New York Post was going to say this is the most talented team since like Chris Mullen, but uh, I think yeah, yeah, the clearly, past couple of years, it's, it's, it's clearly the most talented yeah. team. Shark Shark goes, Mike Anderson hasn't made the tournament yet with Rutgers, and he goes, but it's the most talented. It's like wow, the bar is set super high for these guys, then, huh? Johnny's Johnny's, I think he said Rutgers. Sorry. All right, Taylor, you're right, you're good yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to shout out the Portland Pilots here, a team that has four losses on this year already. But let's talk about they have a win over Villanova, albeit one that, again, just like Syracuse, probably doesn't look as good uh, right now. But, I mean, you got a one-point loss to uh, Michigan State. They took North Carolina uh, all the way as well, um, fearing the PK-85 legacy invitational whatever. Don't even know which one side of the bracket they were on, but um, it's, I feel bad for them as well because they got screwed against Michigan state. Did you see this guy? Did you guys see the story? Well, it was the final play, right? And Shantae Leggins was the ref. The refs gave Michigan state one more free throw than they should have. Yeah. And the athletic director just from Portland just came out and said they got an apology from the NCAA today. And so of course they got and Michigan state got one extra free throw that they weren't supposed to get. And how much did Portland lose by one? So kind of an important to play there, but no, they've, they've played very well. And I think for me as someone who is a West coast person um, who likes to watch basketball on the, until midnight on the West coast, right. I needed another team from the West coast conference. That was good outside of our normal St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Portland looks like they could be like, legitimately good um it'll be very interesting to see uh the start of conference play for them as well as right before they play oregon who sucks this year or at least has not been playing very well at all they play oregon before christmas but then you know we'll get a good feel for if they're going to be able to compete i mean they're not going to compete for west coast conference title don't get me wrong but we'll we'll see if they're going to be able to compete for a bid because I mean, they start off the new year in January with BYU, St. Mary, San Francisco, and Gonzaga. I mean, that's if you're those are the four best teams in the conference generally, right? So we'll get a good idea if they're actually going to be good or not. But I just want to shout them out because of a team that lost a lot of their games over the weekend, they looked as good as any team in the country in those games. 
Love that shout out. Shout out to our guy, Jeremy Pope, who came onto the program earlier this off season. Shante Leggins doing a wonderful job and he's got the stamp of approval from Tom Izzo. I don't know if you heard the post game uh, yakety yak from uh, to quote the great Ernie Johnson, but Tom Izzo was loving what Shante Leggins and Portland was doing. Uh, I'd also like to make a quick note that this segment is for shouting outs, maybe some of the smaller headlines, right? Shark already referenced the New York post, but the smaller headlines that many people aren't uh, talking not, about. Who's not listening now, Taylor? Because I gave that little prelude already on this. But hey. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, that's true. I must have That's good police work. Come on I, now. I got, a, I got a dog that needs out and needs to We shoot. own this so city. That's good. All right. Bernthal. Okay. Sorry for that. Uh, also, regarding the refs, my God, just real quick, I'm so tired of the end of game situations. It's like they're so reliant and too reliant on replay that they don't pay attention to the real game. So when it's a pretty obvious out of bounds off of someone, they're like, mm, got to go to the monitor because I know I have that in my back pocket. Last two minutes, I tweeted this out. Last two minutes of games are like being two miles away from your home and GPS is telling you or Google Maps is telling you it's going to take 30 minutes. Better, better settle in there. Get a dessert. Get some coffee. Do something. Um, my good thing. College of Charleston, all right? Hug for the College of Charleston. Good things for Pat Kelsey. I know we've poked fun at him, made fun of him for his shirt sizes being a little too small. Uh, his his biceps just just always always on the show. But you know what? College of Charleston right now is six and one. Their only loss coming at then number one, North Carolina. They haven't been to the NCAA tournament very often. Last time they were there, I believe, was 2018. But there's a stew brewing down there in Charleston. Okay, Babadu. If you know, if you know Bravo's uh, uh, Southern Charm, you know that little Babadu Charleston baby. Watch out for Pat Kelsey and those guys, uh, boys. That was a great recap. I like these new uh, segments that we've brought in, or rebranding, I suppose. So maybe we should keep this momentum rolling and hopefully we get some more recommendations. Go ahead, Taylor. I was just going to say, yeah, we, I think we just, we need to crowdsource some names for these segments. Uh, we could turn it into more theater. Um, I did just want to say about the refs though. It is funny as, you know, rolling this all the way back to the world cup where we started this, that like the world cup VAR can make a decision in like 0.5 seconds, essentially of whether someone was offside or not or whatever, but it takes us four and a half minutes to figure out if someone touched the basketball still. So just want to throw that in there. Maddening stuff. Offsides, whether it's a goal, got Gene Steratore with an index card. It's it's ridiculous. If I can, if anyone that's listening is like a CPA or an accountant at all, just reach out to me. I, I really need someone to look into these numbers that Sue's relying on to, to get the championship from last year because I know it's not correct. And there's something afoot here. There's something rotten in Denmark. Please reach out to me. All right. Well, enjoy the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Enjoy uh, these next couple of weeks before we can all just say, screw it. It's the holidays. It's Christmas. Uh, and also enjoy the college hoops. And we'll catch you next time here on Theater and College Hoops.
Don't do us 